Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. Monty Larrick here. I'm joined by Dr. Rob Reno, who heads Visionary Family Ministries. Dr. Reno, what's a visionary family these days? Well, as you know, families are coming through this crazy COVID year, but a visionary family is one that understands its purpose, understands that God has brought them together for kingdom purposes. You know, a lot of people say they, uh, you know, they believe in family. Uh, maybe even a Christian might say they believe in God's institution of the family, but they'll say, hey, this particular combination of people is just not working. Because, you know, my wife and I, we've been married 26 years, seven children, one married. I got a first grader on the other end. And not a day goes by where we don't have problems of one kind or another. But God brought us together for kingdom purposes, to pass faith through the generations and make a difference in the world for Christ. Well, some people might say, what's a kingdom purpose? Well, the world tells us, that the values and priorities of this life are all the things that you can taste and touch and see, get the good grades, go to the right school, get the right job, get the money, get the success, get the fame, you name it. From a Christian perspective, we know this world is not our home and eternity awaits. And from a parenting perspective, you know, I've got a choice to make. Am I gonna help prepare my kids for success in this life or are we going to talk about the daily things they face, but more importantly, success in the life to come? You know, there's something that Jesus teaches. Uh, he says, he's talking about worry. He's saying people are worried. They're worried about their clothes. They're worried about what they're going to wear. And boy, you talk about our world right now. People are so worried, not just worried, fearful. Every headline right now is about sickness, death, fear, terror, you name it. And Jesus wraps up this section on talking about fear and worry by saying, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you as well. And I've been dealing with that as a parent, all right? So I've got uh, kids in college, kids out of the house. I've got little ones on the other end. All right, I'm stressed about their school. I'm stressed about their test scores, college scholarships, jobs, all this kind of stuff. Bill. <laughs> Absolutely. Do I really believe what Jesus says that if my kids will seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, that the Lord will provide everything they need in their life? It's easy to Sunday school answers. Oh, sure, I believe that. Well, it's a real test for my heart because if I really believe that, then the number one mission of my life is to help my kids know God and love Him and trust Him. And if they will do that, if the grace of God will work in their life and they'll respond to Him, then God promises He's going to take care of all their needs. I put myself in this boat. We think of the, uh, the temporal things. We don't think about eternity. You know, we're on, only on this earth for so many years, but we have eternity to look forward to, and that's what we really have to prepare for. How do I get started in directing my kids in the right direction? I pray with them, I read my Bible with them, I take them to church, is that enough? Well, it's a great start. You know, my story, these, this conversation we're having, when Amy and I first got married, I was clueless about everything you and I are talking about right now. I didn't know what the purpose of the family was, I didn't know what the purpose of being a husband or a father was. 10 years into marriage, Amy and I had four kids. I was a youth pastor for those first 10 years. And as a youth pastor, the number one passion of my life was passing my faith to other people's children. 
So I'm praying with, and reading the Bible with other people's kids. I'm taking them on retreats and mission trips. We're doing lock-ins with junior high kids. I don't know if you remember lock-ins. Horrible idea. No one should do them. They're awful. But I, I loved that season of ministry because I love the next generation. The problem was I'm praying with other people's kids, and I'm not praying with mine. I'm reading the Bible with other people's kids. I'm not reading the Bible with mine. And it was 10 years into marriage that in our family that God turned my heart to my kids. And the scripture that changed everything in my life was Deuteronomy chapter 6. Jesus says it's the most important commandment in the Bible. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commands I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. Now, my mom was the first Christian in our family. I grew up in church because of her. My dad was an atheist, but I'd heard that verse before. Love God, great commandment, okay. But I had never kept reading because the next few verses then call parents and center on the home. So it's love God with all your heart. Parents, teach God's word diligently to your kids and talk about God's word when you sit at home. So it's love God with all your heart. Open his book at home with your family. Talk about him at home with your family. And for the first 10 years of being a father, I didn't do what you were doing. I wasn't praying with my children. I didn't have an open Bible in the home. Family worship, these bumbling, stumbling moments of family prayer, bumbling, stumbling moments of family Bible, thing that changed our life. Let me, as far as the listeners, let me help you with something. You may be like, man, we, we don't know what to do. We haven't been praying and reading the Bible. How do we pray and read the Bible with our kids without killing each other? You haven't done that. And now you say, we got to get started. Awkward. Right. I want to give you a free resource that can help you out. I want you to go to VisionaryFam. That's our website, VisionaryFam.com slash grace. VisionaryFam.com slash grace. There's a free ebook there, which is a family worship guide through the book of Genesis for your family. The better title would be how to pray and read the Bible with your kids without killing each other. Because it's fun, it's doable, it's engaging, it's simple. Because family worship, the driver for family worship, this is what we've discovered, the driver for family worship is not discipline. Oh, this is really important, we need to do it. That's fine. The driver for family worship in our house is neediness. We're a needy group. We need the supernatural power of God in our home every single day. This is a spiritual meal. If we don't get that meal, we are hungry and we are struggling. Well, can we get that meal? If the TV's on, if the laptop's on, if we're on our phones all the time. Yeah, well, the gizmos, as you know, really separate us, right? And it's so easy, you know, and I... I'm guilty of this too. I was walking around the house relatively recently with one of my uh, little ones and uh, he, he's talking to me. Hey daddy, da 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 And I got my phone over here and I'm like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. I'm not listening because I'm checking the news and checking email. He grabs my face, he pulls my face away from my phone and my little guy says, daddy, look at my eyes when I'm talking to you. Wake up call. Yeah, exactly right. So this is not just, hey, these kids are out of control with their tech. Right? How often are we, and I, you know, I'll tell you something personally right now that I'm asking God to help me with. You know, my phone is my alarm clock. So my phone goes off, I pick it up, check the news, check email, check social media, scroll, 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 wake up. And what I'm praying right now for God to help me, Lord, the first moment when I wake up, would you just help me swing my knees off the bed, put my knees on the floor and talk to you to start my day rather than that gizmo and, and whatever else is going on? Because my heart gravitates to it. Right? Just like our kids do. So it's a big deal, like you said. And there's a measure of accountability there. Your wife could say to you, hey, you're on this too much, or you could say the same thing to her. Well, we need to help each other, right? And you talk about, uh, I'll talk about my wife being my helper, helping me become a more godly man. Um, you know, 
God thought I needed a helper. The question is, do I agree with God? He, he obviously thought I did because he gave me one. Rob, you need help. I got so, a helper and a boss. <laughs> so part of, you know, part of the task of the Christian husband, right, is the humility before the Lord to say, well, if you gave me a helper, I obviously must need help. And we deal with a lot of Christian guys who, you know, let's say that they've got a men's Bible study, all right, and they're dealing with, uh, oh, just pick something. They, they, they struggle with uh, swearing or profanity or something like that. So they talk to their Christian guys, guys, I'm really struggling with this, and I'd appreciate your prayer. Hey, we're there for you, brother. We're praying for you. We're supporting you, whatever. And, and he receives in humility, right, the accountability from his Christian friends. But as soon as his wife says, hey, honey, you know, you probably shouldn't talk. Hey, leave me alone. I'm going to talk the way I want. So we're resistant to our helper's help, right? And that's an issue for us spiritually of pride that we need to take to the Lord. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. We'll continue our conversation with Dr. Rob Reno at the Illinois Christian Home Educators Convention after this. We're going to talk about prodigals and communism. Stay tuned. Are kids really a blessing? Not to everyone. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. According to a recent article in The Atlantic, a growing number of parents wish they'd never had kids. Citing surveys of parents from America, Germany, and Poland, the article points to various reasons for this regret. But Polish researcher Konrad Piotrowski says that the overriding cause are feelings of inadequacy. Whereas a researcher from Belgium put it, they don't want to be a parent because they're not able to be a perfect parent. I think parenting on social media is clearly one source of this kind of pressure. But also the replacement of institutions institutions that once provided essential support to parents, like churches especially. Theologian Abraham Kuyper suggested that God created various spheres of culture, like government, family, church, and education, each with specific roles and responsibilities. But when these roles and responsibilities are abandoned or bloated, pressure is put on the other spheres. Individuals and families are feeling this pressure in our world. It's unsustainable. It's also an incredible opportunity for the church to show a better way. I'm John Stone Street. An update from Illinois Family Institute, IllinoisFamily.org. Our nation continues to remember the Al-Qaeda-led suicide attacks 20 years ago. 9-11 is a reminder that you cannot live without God. The late Reverend Dr. Wes Motter spoke about the 9-11 terrorist attacks during a 2019 interview with IFI. On September 11, 2001, Lieutenant Commander Motter was an active-duty Navy chaplain. These absolute, incredibly horrific events in our country remind the people that we're to serve the Lord our God with all of our hearts and our minds and our souls. And when we deviate from that, we just turn everything upside down. Pray for our nation and take peaceful, positive action to protect our freedom. Join Gideon's Army at IllinoisFamily.org. IllinoisFamily.org. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larry here, along with uh, Dr. Rob Reno with Visionary Family Ministries. How can people connect with Visionary Family Ministries? Yeah, thanks, Monty. One of the best ways to connect with us is just at our website at visionaryfam.com. We are bringing hope and help to families around the world from God's Word. Strength for your marriage, equipping for your parenting, healing family relationships. Another great way to connect with us is just with our free podcast. It's called Family Vision. So wherever you subscribe to your podcast, you just type in Family Vision, hit the subscribe button. Once a week, my wife and I are in the podcast studio just sharing what God is teaching us, scriptures that are helping us to bring you encouragement. Visionary families believe in God. They make 
him the center of their families, and you've done everything right. Maybe you're homeschooling, sending your kids to uh, a Christian school, but sometimes kids stray. I guess we call them prodigals. How do you bring them back? Yeah. Well, the scriptures say in 3 John 4, you know, John is writing, and he doesn't have children of his own, but he's writing about his spiritual children. He says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. There's a principle for parents there, no greater joy than when our kids are following Jesus. There's no greater sorrow on the other side, no greater sorrow when our kids are far from God. And statistically, two-thirds of empty-nest parents in the church today have at least one adult child who's struggling in their faith. So painful, so painful in fact that they don't talk about it much because they come to church, they see all the other perfect families, right? Seven generations of missionaries and this whole thing. And so there's a lot of suffering in silence when in fact, um, they're probably with the majority of their peers. And one of the most, one of the things that the enemy really tries to do is to communicate to these parents of prodigals that it is too late for you. When, when I say it's too late, it's too late for you to make a difference. Like you raise your kids and well, obviously you blew it, right? And everybody's because they're not going on the right path and, and you can't go back and raise them again. They're 25, 35, they live a thousand miles away. But the message of the scriptures is that it's never too late. You know, it's never, if you've got breath and they've got breath, it's never too late for God to use you as a mom or dad to be a spiritual encouragement to that child. And I know barriers get built up in the relationships, hard hearts get built up, children make their own choices. You know, sometimes parents, young parents think that there are magic formulas, right? Well, if we go to church and we make these educational choices and we teach them this, well, that's like a guarantee. That's the package and it's gonna work. Uh, well, you find out pretty quickly, uh, it's, not quite, it's not quite that simple. But parents in this situation have to think, where did I go wrong? What did I do wrong? Well, we process this through with parents. We ask the question, how many of you were perfect parents? Nobody raises their hand. Well, one jokester raises their hand. And I say, well, okay, how many of you did some things wrong as parents? And everybody raises their hand, right? So far, so good. Oh, Rob, yes, we all make mistakes. We all fall short. And then I'll ask a group and I'll say, well, like what? Now, don't tell me. Just if I gave you a little three-by-five card, could you jot some things down on your card of areas where you failed as a parent? And I say, okay, this is just between you and Lord. Have you ever gone to God and confessed those things? Have you ever gone to your child and confessed those things? Now, the purpose, listen, the purpose of this is not to wallow in past failure, right? Because a lot of parents, see, a lot of parents are not reaching out to their 25-year-old today because they're crushed with guilt from the past. They are so burdened with all the woulda, coulda, shoulda, if I had only done this, okay? Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He wants you to be free from the guilt and bondage of past sins so that you can pursue that child. But at the same time, we also have parents that did do things that they regret, but they've never taken them to the Lord and they've never gone to their son or daughter to ask forgiveness for those things. Now, also we, in our counseling ministry, we talk to a lot of parents, yes, Rob, I've gone to my, my son. I've asked him to forgive me 10 times. Well, we would encourage you then, well, well, don't go an 11th time then. Because now it sounds like your son is withholding forgiveness as a way to flagellately look. Well, I'll forgive you when you're sufficiently repentant. And now it's actually a power play in the other direction. Oh, one, two or three times, very appropriate, right? Um, so this is something to pay attention to. Not wallowing in the past, but taking responsibility, asking forgiveness so we can move forward in the future. Doctor, what about the situation where you have a child who does still profess faith in Christ, but they're way off politically. They may be all in on LGBT matters and even uh, 
call themselves pro-choice. What about that situation? Well, it's something we talk a lot about, and it's not necessarily explicitly political, but before you have a complete rejection of God. So you have a child that grows up in a Christian home, perhaps has a time when they would see a self-professed Christian, hey, I'm a Christian. A lot of those at 15, then at 25, 35, would say, I am not a Christian in any way. Well, that switch just didn't flip overnight. There were hollow and deceptive philosophies that were allowed in, okay? And a number of those are a rejection of the sufficiency of Scripture. So that the Bible is a very valuable moral book, but you know, we really need human wisdom and human insight. As soon as that comes in, you're in a very dangerous place. You could still be a Christian, but you're on shaky ground. Other major areas of worldview attack right now are regards to human sexuality. So in the Bible, God says he created male and female. So the world says, no, 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 there is no male, there is no female. Marriage is, well, marriage isn't even important. Um, love is love. You know, you can exchange body parts with whoever you want to. Uh, as soon as that worldview creeps in, you see you have to reject the first chapter of the Bible. So a person says, oh, I, I love Jesus, but I don't buy that part of the Bible. Well, if the first chapter's not true, well, why is the second chapter true? Why is the third chapter true? You see, the, the enemy uses hollow and deceptive philosophies of all kinds to take us captive. So it's very common to say, okay, does, does the enemy use the hollow and deceptive scientific philosophy to rob people of their faith, like evolution? Clearly he does. It's a hollow and deceptive philosophy that we're here by random chance. It's designed to take people's faith in God. Does the enemy use hollow and deceptive sexual philosophy to rob people of their belief in the Bible and their faith? Absolutely. He also, to your point before, and this is a critical conversation that not enough Christians are having, the enemy also uses false and deceptive political philosophy to rob people of their faith in God. And the one that's front and center right now is Marxism, is communism. Marxism and communism is a political philosophy. You spoke on this at the Illinois Christian Home Educators Convention. Let's expand on this. Yep. We know critical race theory has Marxist ties. It's now in our public schools. Take it from there. Sure. Well, think of communism as a Trojan horse. Trojan horse, I don't want to go into the whole history with you right now, but a Trojan horse is the idea of saying that on the, it's something that looks good on the outside and you bring it in because it looks good, but inside bad stuff comes out and it kills you. Okay, this is Battle of Troy and you can look up the history. So on the outside of communism is, are these words equality, justice, compassion, and care for the poor. That's what the, the labels are. So as a Christian, equality, justice, compassion, care for the poor, sign me up. Those are all very nice words. I, I think actually they're kind of Christian words that we buy into. But unfortunately, that's not what's inside. Inside Marxism is oppression, totalitarianism, poverty, death by the millions. Atheism. And atheism, exactly. You see, communism is a political system that places your allegiance to the state above everything else. You look to the government to provide for you, not to God, not to your family, not to your church. You see your, so what's your primary purpose in life? Serve the state. And, and you can open your history book, look at any communist nation. We'll pick the Soviet Union as a great example. The first thing they needed to do was to destroy the Christian family. So interesting, one of the first laws they passed after the communist revolution in the early 20th century, adults were allowed to continue to go to church, but you couldn't bring your children. They didn't blow up the churches. They had a multi-generational vision. Now, you adult kooky religious people, you'll be dead soon, your children will be communists. You know another law they passed, first nation in the world to pass this law, no fault divorce. You can divorce your spouse for any reason. Really? 
Yep. Why? Because we, we, the permanence of marriage in the Christian home stood in opposition to the goals of the communist state. And so you can look around, you open any history book, and you're going to find that communism is by necessity anti-Christian and anti-family. And here's what we're seeing. We are seeing so many young people, because of the label, care for the poor and compassion, well, that must be good. They adopt Marxist ideology, and sooner or later they have to make a choice between their Marxist ideology and their belief in God. And this is being pushed to kids in schools here in Illinois. You homeschool. Is that enough? Just get your kids out of the public schools. Well, culturally, I'll answer that question, but 10 years ago, you couldn't find a politician who would publicly say that they were a socialist or a communist. By the way, socialism is the warm-up to communism. Socialism is communism light. Okay, it's the preparation. You couldn't find a politician who would say, I'm a communist, I'm a socialist. Now, this is so out in the open and so brazen, they'll actually say that. I'm a Marxist, I'm a communist. And because we have so many Christians who either are ignorant about what the Bible says about the role of government, or so indoctrinated themselves with Marxist ideology, or they lack the courage to stand up and say that, hey, as a be I'll say it this way. As a Christian, because I care for the poor, I could never vote for a socialist. I could never vote for a communist. My Christian compassion commands me, forbids me from ever supporting socialism or communism because it creates more poverty. Now, for my Marxist friends, that blows their mind because they think that by voting socialist, they're caring for the poor. So you ask this question, well, is homeschooling uh, enough? Um, I don't think it's as narrow as everybody needs to homeschool. Christians have to wake up and to recognize that if we want to be salt and light in our culture, we have to use our voice and our vote to speak out against the forces of Marxism and communism. Why? Because of love. Because we love people. We love the church. We love freedom. We want to see prosperity. We want to see the gospel expand. There's a reason why the United States has sent out more missionaries than every, any country ever in the history of the world, because of our religious freedom. Okay, we want that to be everywhere in the world. So much more to talk about, but if people want to know more about what we just discussed, you're available. Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. Visionaryfam.com, our contact information's there. One of our resources that might help you, like, well, okay, Rob, what are you talking about? Well, what is the role of government, biblically, if it's not to provide for everybody? What is the role of the family? One of our books that could really help, it's going to be coming out this summer. It's called The Visionary Church, How Your Church Can Strengthen Families. Visionary Church, How Your Church Can Strengthen Families. That'll be out this summer, and we'd love to get a copy into your hands. And earlier you mentioned that you have a counseling ministry as well. We do. Uh, we do not do like weekly counseling um, as your Christian counselor or your pastor would, uh, but some crisis care and some intervention. And if we can help you again, we'd love to hear from you at visionaryfam.com. Visionaryfam.com. That's what you need to do. Thank you, Dr. Rob Reno, for all your insights. And thank you folks for joining us here on Illinois Family Spotlight. Uh, do tell your family and friends about Spotlight. Until next time, stay active, stay healthy, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.